Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today, every day, because someone is always rooting you on. All right. Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's very special guest is the power couple of Sean, Danielle, of Prevail Strength, CEOs, the owners. <laughs> Yes. Welcome yes. to the podcast, yes. brother, Thanks. man. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. Danielle's a professional photographer. Yes. And thank you for your service, United States Marines. Thank we you. appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, absolutely. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. It's good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out. Yeah. Good. Had pancakes this morning. Pancakes, chocolate, protein pancakes. <laughs> that sounds very fitnessy. <laughs> but they're really not. But they're not. They're not like. They're just like pancakes yeah. that have protein added. They're, yeah. not, like they're not like some. I'm like. No, they're still pretty tasty. Have you had they the. Might uh, be free. I don't know. What is the. Kodiak. Kodiak. Yes. Pancakes. They're yes. Pretty, they're pretty good. They are really good. Yeah. yeah. I We've had the. Um, so they. I think they do keto pancakes too. Oh, yeah. Or paleo. One of the above. Yeah. And it's it's super good. Yeah. Like you guys talking about fitness. Are you guys gluten free? No. Oh. But I mean, no, we're not gluten free. We don't have any kind of like specific. There's no like diet we specifically follow or any kind of vegan or gluten free or or anything like that. But we have definitely learned there's some there's some tolerances with dairy and um, we've definitely learned that I'm not as like. You know, like wheat beers are a bit much, uh-huh. but it's not that we go like gluten free. Okay. You know, so we definitely learned some tolerances with yeah. the but high I, ends of those things. I feel like for the most part, I'm probably dairy free. I like trying yeah. to avoid it. It's because it just doesn't make me feel that great. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. right. I'm not like intolerant, but right. it's just, I don't know. Just when you start like paying attention, like after you know you eat yeah. something, and you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> right. You know, I don't want to do that all the time. Yeah. So. That's true. Do you guys ever indulge? Though? Thanksgiving, Christmas, oh. during the week. Way more. <laughs> we we lean yeah. very hard into uh, the 80/20 rule. That's something we teach at Prevail. Okay. Um, 80% of your meals as high quality as possible. Okay. 20 meals low quality. 20% low quality. Okay. So that comes out to like, if you have, let's just say, 28 meals a week, right? Mm-hmm. That means that like 25 to 26 of them are as in line as possible. Okay. And there's a little bubble room of like two to three meals where it's not... We we hate we don't use the word cheat meal, right? But it's not a big deal for us once a week or twice a week to have a burger with a side salad, or yeah. <laughs> you know, right. uh, have pancakes and eggs in the morning, and that's just part of the week. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's... Uh, Waffle fries. I don't think there's ever really big splurges. <laughs> no. Because it's kind of planned into the into the way we think about food. Yeah. Okay. And when you... I Too, like, removing, like, the restriction part of it, there's, like, never a need to feel like you need to, like, do a splurge because you know, you, like, you could always have something if you want to have it. Yeah. You're just, like, you know. Yeah. I don't okay. know. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But w- I think the splurging part comes with, like, when you, like, limit things, uh-huh. you know, and people are like, ah, I get Sunday <laughs> to eat whatever I want, and then, like, you know, because they have to be, like, super strict yeah, yeah, throughout the yeah. week. Yeah. yeah, so we don't do any restrictive yeah. diets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You talked about splurging earlier, and you also mentioned hamburgers mm-hmm. and a side salad. Mm-hmm. Is that splurging? Because I thought hamburgers without the bun are actually not too bad. Well, that's, you the, that's the I think the, that's okay. the, that's the point is like like one of our favorites is uh, the Pub Debbie burger. Okay. And it's got. Um, it's so good. It's got a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> oh my on gosh, that. It is so good. But like if I if I go somewhere and it's just like you know what I'm gonna get the bacon cheeseburger straight up as is. I'm not gonna take anything off. I'm not gonna remove the bread, mm. but it's not that I'm opposed to fries. But I know the way I feel is. I'm probably going to get more total nutrition out of, oh, I'm going to get the side of broccoli with this bacon cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. So I'm managing that meal a little bit better from a nutrient side than uh, a cheat meal or a splurge meal. Because then you can manage it much more long term. It's not a big deal to have a bacon cheeseburger with a broccoli every Friday night as part of just your process. Yeah, but mm. if you're going balls to the wall and having the bacon cheeseburger, loaded fries with a milkshake afterwards, you're probably going to take like a day to feel like decent again, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. That's right. very yeah. true. Right. It's a much yeah. more sustainable approach yeah. to, Yeah. and I think the big part with most people failing on nutrition is that they, it's very zero to hero approach <laughs> and then they go into these big stints where they go three weeks being perfect yeah and then they have a fail and they never go back oh okay so it's okay. very this like they go into this very unnatural like cyclical effect of on off on off mm-hmm. and so we try to teach that there is no on and off it's just always part there's just you're never on a diet, you're never off a diet, you're just always trying to eat as high quality as possible, as often as possible. Yeah. And when and you look at still enjoying the things. And when you like. look at yeah, mm-hmm. and when you look at the yeah. annual you know, process of that, you yeah. make way more progress over twelve months than you will with any kind of restrictive eating. Okay. Speaking of balls of walls, last night Margaret and I we went to our neighbor's house mm-hmm. and we had three, four neighbors over there. And I went, we went balls to the walls. We went, went yeah. from turkey, and uh, I can't remember what it was, but turkey, egg rolls, bacon, and then desserts, like all sorts of pies. Yeah. Gluten-free pies that yeah, yeah. some of our other neighbors made. It's like, yeah. like a Friendsgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we're two weeks away just yeah. about, and so yeah. it was At yeah, This fun. time of the year, that happens a bunch. I mean, yeah. anytime we go to her parents' house, there's always pie. <laughs> Anytime I go to you know my grandparents' family always stuff, pie. there's always dessert tables and pie tables. Yeah. And um, we just eat like we want to. I think the the biggest thing that we have started to change the way we look at food is not from a bad, good, calorie in, calorie out of more of a how do I feel afterwards. That's yeah. you know how do I want to feel later on, and do I just want to yeah. be you know. 
if I'm okay with it, I'm a, if I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just gonna have a, I'm gonna enjoy myself, and yeah. I know I'm gonna feel like shit afterwards, and that's just part of my day, then <laughs> I'm okay with it. Instead of it being like a, oh, I messed up. Right. You know, I feel guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the like over-consuming of the pie, if you look at it and you're like, okay, I shouldn't have pie. I'm gonna eat pie today because I can't have pie again. So then you like overconsume because you like mm-hmm. put it in your mind that like you you shouldn't mm-hmm. be having it and you can't have it after that day. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna like eat all the pie that I physically can. Mm-hmm. You know, so taking away that like mental thought oh. too makes it better because it's like oh I'm gonna have a bite of this pie right. and I can have pie whenever I want because portion control. You know, it's available. That's such a great point. I am guilty <laughs> of it last night. Mm-hmm. Our neighbor made this pie, pudding pie. I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to eat this because I, I won't ever get to eat this for uh-huh. another year. Uh-huh. And that's how I, that uh-huh. was my train of thought. Uh-huh. Why the? Well, it's that normal. pudding pie might have been special, though. So you might not uh, be able to get that. It's normal. <laughs> it's very normal. <laughs> it's built into us. It's a, it's, it is. It's built into us. There's, like, like, there's something in the DNA that's genetically like locked in from yeah. hunter-gatherer scarcity of this may never happen again. And I, I think a lot of that's subconscious that we don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So it takes us repeating yeah. that information over and over and over again. Like the pie is yeah. still going to be there. Like yeah. you're going to have the opportunity to have pie again. It's all right. Just yeah. taste it, enjoy it, and watch your portions and move on oh, man, and be okay with it. That's the problem. I'm sorry. I taste it, I enjoy it. I'm like, ah, oh, it's freedom. I'm going to get some more. <laughs> yes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I need it all. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so photography. Yes. Let's let's talk photography for a little bit. Okay. Right? All right. Yeah. What got you into photography and do you still do it? Okay. Um, I don't remember like the exact transition, but when I was applying for college, I had like just got my senior pictures done. And I was like, I want to do photography. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, my first semester, I took a basic photography class. And I just kept kept on. I never changed my major, nothing. I just liked it. Uh-huh. So graduated, photography, UCL, mass communication. And then, um, yeah, I've been like doing it ever since. What kind of pictures, photography, do you do? And what do you, what's your favorite type? Mm. I love couples. I love like two people interacting together. Mm-hmm. So I shoot a lot of, we do a lot of weddings. Um, he shoots with me. <laughs> I was gonna say, when you said we, I was like. Yes, he's my second shooter, he's my assistant. <laughs> what do you not do? But we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so um, when I graduated, I did a lot of family stuff, okay. weddings, started into weddings. And then for a while, I took a little detour into commercial photography. Um, and shot a lot of guns. I was on the gun range a lot for nice. the NRA. So yeah, it was, that was really cool. And that kind of got me into, I really like um, kind of focusing on like small business mm. type stuff or like anything that somebody's like really passionate about and like doing like a lifestyle twist on it. I love that. So lifestyle and couples is our favorite. But when we were dating, I had one of my assistants cancel on me last minute to help mm. me shoot a wedding, sick kid or something. And um, I was like, all right, you're up. You gotta learn these buttons and 
you gotta go. Yep. Like, that's like a big test of our relationship right there. Because <laughs> I am like full high stress power mode when I'm shooting weddings. Yeah. That's very stressful. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So that was back in 2015. We weren't engaged yet. And then uh, now he shoots most of the weddings with me. Yeah. What was that like when you she put you on the spot? It's like, here's all these buttons. You're my assistant. Let's go. Um, it was definitely pretty nerve wracking because the number one thing was I just didn't want to like miss something or jack something up that was yeah. going to be the, 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 the best worst thing about shooting weddings is, um, you have one shot. Like you, this isn't something that you can go back and do over. Yeah. So you better be ready and you better be on your toes about stuff because this is it, yeah. you know? So there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on, um, wedding day stuff. And I think the the only thing that wasn't um, I th- I think the hardest part about that was having the confidence in the technology and the confidence in the the skills aspect of it. Yeah. I had a base level going, and I'd seen enough photography that she had done where I understood what needed to be in frame. I understood what she was trying to get done. Yeah. But the technical aspects of making adjustments and learning the different lenses. Um, quickly was hard uh but it was also i understood that um i understood that i was there to assist and there to help and i was um she was in charge and so it was just keeping my listening ears on and and just being just staying on my toes the whole time uh and that was that was about it and i just uh Took it seriously, but took it as in like a, oh, I want to learn as much as possible, as fast as possible. Yeah. Right now. So when you took him on as your assistant, Danielle, and just be honest, were you at the point where you're like, what the frack are you doing, dude? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many times. And weddings are, weddings are, I love them. Mm. I thrive in the chaos. I lose myself in the moment. I love it, but it's so stressful. And sometimes I'm like, hey, I need this lens or I need another card. And then if if I think that he's walking a little too slow, I'm like, can you move faster? Like, come (laughs) on, like, let's go. And it's not even that he's moving that slow. It's just not as as fast as I would like, probably like run and do it because I'm like frantic and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so there was yeah. a lot of that too. <laughs> yeah, you're a pretty detailed, dude. I would imagine. Um, not consistently. Not cons- <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because yeah. she says, "Hey, I need this card. I need this lens." So are you asking for specs? Like, I need 32 millimeter. I need a telescope. Whatever. She's usually pretty clear about that information. Okay. <laughs> um, and she's like, hey, grab me the 50. And then it's me going over to the bag and me going, which one's the 50? <laughs> 50 caliber. What I'm like, right. looking at it. Right. I'm like, oh, this exactly. one's this. Because for me, I'm still like at a point where then You're for like, sure. I know the lingo. <laughs> where, He's like learning it. Right. right. And she can like see a lens and know which one it is. And I'm still at the point where I'm like reading the edges of them to go, this is the 50, this is the 35, this is, you know. No, I can like, I know, I can just look at them and I just know which one's which without numbers or anything. Yeah, that's that's another thing. 
Yeah, not definitely, definitely not detail oriented, but uh, I'm, uh, for the most part, really, really, really calm all the time. He's very calm. So it's very, very level-headed about those situations. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like, okay, this one's next, this one's next. Okay, I'll take this over here. Yeah. Uh, and that speed doesn't align with her speed. There's no calm in my blood. You said you're calm. She's like, she's not. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Always, never. Yeah. Does it frustrate you when she gets caught up in the moment? No. I just um I just know that that's how she is and yeah. so I just try to be as as like I try to be as consistent as possible because I know that she's going to be all over the place but I expect that. So, so it's just question, normal. Does it frustrate me when he's so calm? That was my yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like how are you so calm? Yeah. Yeah. I this is life or death. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. yeah. How do you develop your calmness? I think it's it's that's um, something that I've always had forever. Okay. Um, not that I really like really remember being calm for a long time, but the way that my family and grandparents have talked about me growing up, it was always I was always very still and just watching and observing all the time. Uh, so that never really went away. Yeah. Uh, just being able to just sit in the moment and go. Okay. Yeah. Now let's make a move, and then now let's adjust. Uh, so that's something that's just a supernatural for me to stay calm. Man, that's impressive. But it's not something that I work hard at. So yeah. it's something that's easy for me to stay calm most of the time. It, yeah. Yeah, I I tend to believe that leaders really great leaders are are your calm ones and nothing wrong with being frantic because you've got to be sometimes you got to have a balance obviously right yeah and so that's why i look at the, the calm ones you know they're they're the ones who are listening and, and kind of seeing what's what's the plan how are we going to execute this plan you know that's that's how i look at it yeah, and I think a part of that is I had a I had a grandma growing up yeah. who was um, very uh, not strict. She wasn't strict about things, but she was definitely in tune to emotional intelligence mm. way early. Like this is 30, 40 years ago. She was yeah. in tune to emotional intelligence about um, stopping, processing, listening responding and not being quick to respond to situations and i remember being like seven years old and her saying stop tell me what you're feeling about the situation tell me how you're feeling about it and now tell me why you're going to change your action because of that and me explaining those things to her from when i was super young that's awesome man yeah, I had. I was, then it was super annoying, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." And I didn't realize that effect until you know just the last couple of years, yeah. which that's part of the the calmness. And I kind of see that with some of my cousins too. Mm -hmm. Is the ability just to go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now move. That's awesome, man. I. It's interesting. And I'll share an example of just me and my corporate professional life in meetings. I always 
sit back and I just listen and observe the room. And I've had a few bosses prior to this one. It's like, man, you need to speak up a little bit more and get your thoughts and engage. And it's not, it's not, I'm not engaged. I I'm just listening to 10 different people talk with 10 different ideas. And I want to kind of digest the mm-hmm. ideas and see mm-hmm. how can we all bring these ideas and make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes, it t- it'll take me half a day to think about it because I don't want to interject like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're wrong. No, you're right. Right. Yeah, so yeah. 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 So <laughs> you're the frantic one. Well, you know, I don't think you're frantic. No, I'm not frantic. Okay. I didn't think uh, you're frantic. But I was going to say, I've never seen a wedding photographer be calm. Honestly, I mean, it's just stressful. No, I, I agree. So maybe yeah, you have to, just you, like, you yeah. have to match the energy of the situation. That's a great yeah. point. And I think that's where yeah. she's, I don't think she's frantic. I, I think she's got good for, high energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you have good high energy. Very it's, high energy probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be good at leading. I would not be a good, uh, head photographer in that right. situation Yeah. because I just move at a different rate then the situation's moving mm-hmm. and you've got to keep up with the situation. No, that, I think that's, that's valid. And I agree. I, I think wedding photographers, cause when Margaret and I got married, she was intense, but she wasn't like me. She's just like, Hey, I want to get the best pictures to you as possible. Yeah. And her assistant was the same way, you know? And so you had to move in tandem. You had to move. You be, it's everything's coordinated to yep. some extent. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't think you're frantic. I think no. you have high energy. Yeah. High energy. Yeah. Margie's the same way. Yeah. No, that's what I said. I don't think you're friendly. I think think you have high energy. So that's really good. Before we uh, move on, we got something for y'all. Oh, thanks. This is for you. Ooh. Yeah. Appreciate it. that red. This is our love language, the podcast. Oh, yeah. This is yours. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah, I love the green. We did a gr- we did a green hoodie last winter. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're we supposed to go on like a run after this, and I was like, I didn't bring any like sleeves to run in now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds so fitnessy. We're gonna go on a run after this. We don't enjoy running. She, she enjoys running I'm more than I do. Now, more. But we only run to do something or practice cool. running for an event. Yeah, if there's if there's an end goal. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Otherwise, that doesn't, it's not part of our process. <laughs> I don't enjoy running. I played soccer my whole life. Oh, wow. That's a lot of running. Marty does, she's done marathons and triathlons. I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Military life. What got you to, to the Marines? Uh, a really good recruiter. He <laughs> 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 got me into the Marines. Around here? <laughs> Uh, this is in the northwest side of Oklahoma City. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up Putnam City North, graduated up on the north side of okay. West City. Um, post 9-11, so I was a uh, junior. No, that would have been end of my senior year. Yeah. Uh, so graduated in 2002. So post 9-11... I decided I want to be a firefighter after seeing 9-11 happen. 
And then going through school, figuring out, well, how do I become a firefighter? And I was like, well, you got to go to an academy and then or you have to apply to each city and then to different cities and different states had different like requirements on uh, education. Mm-hmm. And so I was like looking through that, trying to figure that out. I knew college was not going to be a good option. I knew I was going to have to pay for it. I knew I was going to be in debt for it. I knew that I was not a good student. And um, I did. A, I had a horrible time in high school with academics, and um, not from being able to be academic, but I had zero focus or effort into studying and showing up and attendance and all the effort part of academics. Wow, really, really bad. Um, so I knew college would be a failure because it was all self-motivated and I knew that wouldn't happen. So when a recruiter came to me and said, have you ever thought about joining the Marine Corps? And I was like, no, I've never thought about joining the Marine Corps. And like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a firefighter. They said, we have firefighters in the Marine Corps. And I was like, okay, all right, what does that mean? And it just happened to be that one of the recruiters at the station, that was his first job before he was a recruiter, is he was crash fire rescue in the Marine Corps. And so he's like, come into the station, sit down with him, he can tell you all about that process of being a firefighter in the Marine Corps. And he was like, basically that recruiter said, you go to the same school, use the same books, get the same certifications that you get in the civilian world, which it is, it's the same, it's the firefighter one, firefighter two, hazmat one, aircraft fire, all the stuff that I got is the exact same education you get in the civilian world. Same manuals, same books, everything's the exact same, same standards. Um, so, like, when you get out of the Marine Corps, your certifications that you get transfer directly into the civilian world, DOD, immediately. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I was like, all right, well, I can go to the Marine Corps, I can get some experience, I won't be in debt, make a little bit of money, get certifications that I need. Uh, and so that's why I joined the Marine Corps, was to be a firefighter. It wasn't necessarily to be a Marine, mm-hmm. um, but... The Marine Corps recruiters are great at being Marine Corps recruiters. Yeah. And I was asking them, I was like, well, if all the branches, all we, we go to the same school. So the school I went to had Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, all in the same classrooms. So you'd be in a room full of other branches when I was at school. And uh, I was, well, if I can go to any branch and get the exact same education, mm-hmm. you know, and they were like, well, the Marine Corps is the hardest and they're the best. Okay, then I'll join the Marine Corps. I like it. So then, join the Marine Corps, and that was basically it. It's uh, the hardest, it's the best, and you signed up. Yeah. So that's it, that's all, that's as simple as it was. Wow. Yeah. What was basic training like? Uh, it's, um, <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's definitely very formative. When you're 18 years old going through that kind of experience, um, it's very humbling. It's, it's really, really intense. And it's also, it's like another, it, it's, it's in a completely different world. Yeah. It, it's nothing that you know before and there's nothing you can prepare for to get ready for it. Um, but I think the, 
I think one of the best things about it being so intense and so physically, mentally hard is that um, everyone gets everyone gets torn down to the same base level. Yeah. And uh, something that has always stuck with me from the Marine Corps, uh, not just in like who you are as a person, but when they really talked about, um, you know, like racism or when they talked about sexism, when they talked about all these things and, you know, it was, it doesn't matter, you're all worthless. And that was repeated over and over and over again was, it doesn't matter. You're all green. You're all pieces of shit. It, like it, 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 that was constant, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then it was at the exact same time through all of the adversity that happens inside boot camp with all the yelling and screaming and lack of sleep and shitty food and <laughs> crazy hours and education was this back and forth of you are nothing and you're equal to you are six foot and invincible. And so it was like back and forth of this. Mm. And I remember being out of the Marine Corps, people talking about, oh, you're just brainwashed. I was like, no, I wasn't. And then like years, years, years later going, <laughs> definitely brainwashed. <laughs> For 100% brainwashed. Uh, but it had to happen because they were making warriors. Like you had to have a, a headspace of, uh, it doesn't matter, but you have to get done what needs to get done no matter what mm -hmm. and here are all the tools that needs to happen to make that happen and that in the boot camp was a super condensed intense version of those lessons mm -hmm. and then you know this is how you fire a gun and this is how you walk for hours and hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours and yeah. this is how you work without sleep and yeah you know crazy all wow. that stuff you got favorite gun I don't have a favorite. I, you know, the weird thing is, is since I've been in the Marine Corps, I've rarely been around guns yeah. at, since it. I'm not definitely not opposed to weapons at all. Mm -hmm. um, I've never felt that I've needed one, mm -hmm. but I also have the most amount of time, um, like hands on yeah. with an M16 yeah. or, or an AR. So yeah. I'm incredibly efficient and really, and I have, you know, like a really great skill set with that weapon. Right on. So it feels the most natural, you know, to have, I haven't touched one in, I don't know how, I mean, I haven't touched an AR-15 in years and years yeah. and years and years yeah. and years. And if I were to have one right now, I would, it would feel like riding a bicycle. I have one. I mean, I, <laughs> it's really, something about it. I've spent so much time with it. Here we go. That, yeah. <laughs> that operating one right now and using yeah. it and being efficient with it would be really easy, uh, which is weird because you just spend yeah. so much time with it. Yeah. No, that's cool. Maybe after the show, we, I bring <laughs> yeah. it out. It's like, hey, man, what do you think about this? Yeah. Do you have a favorite gun? No. Then you know? Yeah. She shot her first weapon on a photo shoot. Yeah. Okay. When I was doing, like, NRA and stuff. And one of the, and okay. she was, when doing the NRA stuff, she was, like, hanging out with, like, Top of the top of the top. Yeah. All these like oh, yeah. prior seal. seals oh, yeah. and special sure. spec op guys and instructors yeah. and yeah. One just came out with like a couple of books and yeah. And they found and out would, at one of the ranges oh, yeah, I would that be, she had never fired a weapon before no. and they were like No. But they were they would be like right here shooting and I would be right here getting close up shots. Like I wow. would literally say, How close can I get? And they would be like, However close you feel comfortable with but we're hundred percent like, you know. 
confident that whatever. So I'd be like, yay! (laughs) Standing on ladders, like, Yeah, so I think the first time you ever fired a weapon, it was a, wasn't it a seal that... Or it's, was it at Thunder Ranch? No. It was either a seal or a, or a, or a a Force Recon guy taught you how to shoot a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, and then they had me line up with all of them. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. That's cool. Yeah, it was scary. <laughs> I mean, it was scary. I have a what was it, too. What was the gun? I had a kick to it, for sure. I can't remember. I think it was a 9 mil. I think. Mm. Pretty sure it was. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my, like, shot, like, three guns. Just on photo shoots. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Question for you, Daniel. Yes. What has photography taught you about life? Oh man, that's deep. What has photography taught me about life? Oh man, I'm gonna say something cheesy like oh, the memories matter or something like that. I don't. I mean, photography has taught me about life. I think when I made like the kind of the transition into like more lifestyle stuff, Mm -hmm. I think it's hard like when you think about like picture perfect and like you want to get like this beautiful like family photo and everyone's like smiling, but I like, I like the real better. Like I like the candid, the laughing, the kid crying, like spinning around. And so I think it's like almost like enjoy all of the moments instead of just like the like the really serious, like yeah. kind of like orchestrated up. moments. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I can relate because I feel like the world has gotten to the point where we've we've got to take the most perfect picture. We've got to have the best filters and it's just be right. candid and be authentic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. When she says lifestyle, the, what what's really what that means is is that there's a difference between taking photography and saying okay. You stand there, you stand there, put your hand there, put your foot here, look over to your left here, okay, now turn and, okay, put that thing here. That's all. And I always get those, too. Yeah, and there's a, there's a time and yeah. place for those superposed, for sure. created images. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the work that we like to do, especially that she likes to do, is the moments in between the posed mm. images yeah. are the most natural. That's, yeah. that's really... really yeah. You know, yeah. even with couples, when like I pose them and I'm like, okay, cold each other really tight and now kiss, and then they like start laughing right after. I'm like, okay, we're gonna go over here. It's like yeah. the way they fall with each other is like different than mm. how I place them. So That's it's just, awesome. I don't know. It's just, and it's, and it's really funny too because you'll send out like a gallery of images mm-hmm. and they'll have like the ones that are perfect, yeah, you know, right. and that's like something that they might want to like, you know, print out and put on the wall. But the ones that they share and the ones they like the most are the one of the kid crying or yeah. of the husband rolling the eyes yeah. or someone falling. <laughs> yeah, or I like always include those all of those. are the I ones yeah. that we always That's get the, awesome. the, the feedback yeah. of those images yeah. more than the other images. Right. People always enjoy those more. Oh, yeah. Maybe not they might share them, but those are the ones they like the most. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's what's uh 
The military taught you about life. The Marines. Everything. No. So many things. So many things. Well, it's really, it's, it's hard because the military, I mean, spending five years active duty is such a gigantic amount of time. Mm -hmm. And the other part about what the military has taught me about life is that, that it keeps changing as I go through life. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that I thought I was learning about the military when I was in it. There was things that I thought I was learning from it five years after. And there's things that I've thought about how it's affected me 10 years and 15 years later. So every, you know, every five to eight years, when I reflect back on the military has changed what I learned from it as I've changed and as I've grown. Yeah. Um, but I really think the, for the biggest thing about the military, and I can't really say the military as much as the Marine Corps specifically, is the way you perceive everything else afterwards mm-hmm. is a big change. Um, you know, I think that like, and it sounds a little socialist, but I think that everybody should do six months of service after high school. Yeah. But they should yeah. do six months of military service, and they should do six months of customer service. Mm, perfect. <laughs> because we've both spent time in the restaurant industry, years in the restaurant industry, and uh, I think a lot of people just don't have the respect for other people, and that changes with your time in the military. The way that you yeah. look at other people just changes because you've been through so much of the worst of the worst of like these situations to where you're like, okay, this is what really matters and this is like the respect for humans. And the Marine yeah. Corps is just a more intense version of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I would probably say the, the single biggest thing about the Marine Corps and the way it affects life afterwards is that um, is the uh, nothing is impossible headspace is it, in the Marine Corps? It wasn't whether or not there was never that a, a mission was not possible, mm-hmm. right? That there was you couldn't even have a conversation about mission failure. Right. It was we have to do whatever we have to do to make this happen, whether or not that's what's planned, what's not planned, what's legitimate, what's, yeah, I mean, not, not legal, but right, right. it was, you know, there's like this famous like picture of, uh, that gets sent around about Marine Corps stuff, and it's a picture of the mouse going through the maze uh-huh. to get to the cheese, and it talks about the Marine Corps method, and it's eaten through all the walls to get to the <laughs> corner. <laughs> so it's that that's like summed up the version of yeah. that's what it's like that's the biggest takeaway it's yeah. uh there, it's not like think outside the box it's mm. you destroy the box mm-hmm. there is no there is no box mm-hmm. you just get there yeah. that's definitely a, a big takeaway find a way to execute yeah and just do it yeah not that it's gonna be no, and that's another thing too people think is um finding a way to execute and and having zero mission failure is not that there's an easy way to do it. Right. It's just that it may be extremely difficult, but mm-hmm. it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your grandmother's mindset helped you prepare for life, military, with emotional intelligence? 
Yeah. But I, I wasn't smart enough to understand that until the last couple of years. Mm. I had no idea that it was affecting me the entire time Yeah. until I had the ability to really like look back on it and have, and there's been more education that we've gone through that has been reflective of that. And I'm right. going, Oh, Whoa, I didn't, yeah. that, I already learned that lesson. Yeah. Like a long time ago, I learned that lesson and I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. So after the military, what did you do? <sighs> Fumbled around for a long time. That's for sure. Uh, Getting out, of the, getting out of the military is a weird thing because most people don't have a plan. Yeah. They like high school, <laughs> military, and then you get out of the military and then you're like, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. crap, I'm like 18 again. I have no clue. What am I supposed to do now? Right. Um, so the natural thing was, um, I guess I'm going to go to school. I guess I'm going to find work and I'm going to try to figure out try to further my education. I knew that about halfway through the Marine Corps doing firefighting, I had gone into, um, I mean, I, I did aircraft firefighting the entire time, but there was a small stint where we had the opportunity to work 30 days with the DOD firefighters on base. So we did the um, expeditionary airfield tactical side of firefighting, helicopters, jets, planes, fast movers, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's all we did. We didn't do any structural firefighting. We weren't in a big red fire truck. I mean, we were in this like big green full drive, you know, fire truck yeah. with these big shiny suits that were super high temp for fuel fires. Um, so we had never experienced what the civilian side of firefighting was. And so they had this thing where we could rotate and it was a 30 day program where two guys would rotate and augment onto the DOD guys just for experience and we'd help them out. Mm. And um, that combined with doing my EMT certification, I had to do ride-alongs in town off base with the, like an IMSA service. Mm. And I did those two things and I immediately went, I do not want to do firefighting. This is not what I want to do. Um, because I had seen, I had seen so much of like the, um, the military structure in firefighting and yeah. in that world, cause there's a lot of carryover mm -hmm. and I never liked authority and I never liked being told what to do, uh, which is ir ironic to join the Marine Corps. Um, <laughs> And I learned more and more and more about how I did not enjoy that inside the Marine Corps. Right. And I was like, there's just going to be more and more of this afterwards. Mm -hmm. And um, so I knew that I had to figure out what I could do on my own. Yeah. And not that I had any clue that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just knew, well, I've got to figure out something that I don't have bosses because I don't work well with bosses. Just never. I don't know why, but. It never clicked with me. And um, so as soon as I got home, I was like, well, I'm going to start going to school for business. At least that's a good track for most things, for most skills. Yeah. And I got a couple years into that, year and a half technically, and I got involuntarily recalled back into the service. Yeah. So I did four years active duty, 02 to 06, deployed in 04. And then I was home 06, 07, got involuntary recalled, 
which means they send you a letter mm. that says you're going to get screened to go back in for another 365 days. You have no you have no choice. Like this is because you're, you're, I was still in my four years in active reserve. Okay. Now, when you join the military at the beginning in the Marine Corps, they say you have an eight-year commitment. Four years active duty, four years in active reserve. Don't worry about the inactive reserve. That's for, you know, crazy times and it's, you know, it's never been used ever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, <laughs> they definitely used it. Right. And I think the, in 08, the Marine Corps had its single biggest recall ever. And they recalled something like 1,000 Marines back into service. Wow. Maybe even more than a thousand, um, but it was because 0809 we were still in Iraq, mm-hmm. but reenlist or enlistments were dramatically down. Oh, okay. several years. I mean, obviously the the motivation post 9/11 for people joining was already super low, so there wasn't people enlisting like they used to be and there were people re-enlisting because people had already done several deployments and they were like i'm out of here i don't want to do this mm-hmm. you know for whatever reasons the marine corps the military was not the best option for them so they had an, a recall because they literally ran out of ncos to deploy oh wow they had to bring people back in to deploy more people back out yeah there wasn't the numbers and so i got influence i recalled uh, 08 to 09 and went back to Iraq in the winter and I had decided then I wanted to pursue fitness and I had been doing fitness for as long as I could imagine. I mean, I had a job in high school mm-hmm. where I was a personal trainer <laughs> at a big Lobo gym, um, which I lied to get the job because they asked what my like education and experiences were. And I put, um, I put, I had like, I had, Multiple credits in physical education. Yeah. You know, it was PE class in high school. Nice. Um, but I got a job. Yeah. And I was a personal trainer teaching people to use machines my junior, somewhere between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Yeah. And so I'd been part of that like world um, forever. Yeah. And um, before that, my mom had been a personal trainer for a couple of years. So I'd kind of seen bits and pieces of it when I was in my early teens. Um, but for her, it never worked out as a single mother. Just to be a personal trainer, your schedule is brutal. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that it's brutal. It's just that you better have the capacity to work yeah. odd hours from 5 a.m. to 7, 8 p.m. Yeah. every day of the week for a long time because you're a service-based industry. Yeah. Um, so when I got recalled, I decided, oh, well, I'm going to get a certification. I'm going to study for a certification. So I bought some program through ISSA and it was a self-study program and then you could take the test inside this kind of like a um, test center, you know, place later on. Mm-hmm. So I took the manual with me when I deployed and studied and then came back and got certified. So I changed my degree to kinesiology. Okay. So my college years were from 06 to like 2010, 2011 where I was trying to go to college, did business, left, came back, mm-hmm. went back and I was doing bartending and waiting tables when I wasn't, had been deployed. And um, that basically, that chunk of time from 06 through 2011 mm-hmm. was me working at restaurants and bars and going to school to try to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And 
taking business and kinesiology classes uh, just to figure out if this is what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, so that there was some those years were all over the place where I was doing something, yeah. but I really wasn't making any progress at all. Yeah. I was just kind of spinning my wheels yeah. for years trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, it was like pause mode. It basically was. Like a lull. It yeah. was definitely. A, it was a yeah. It was. Uh, I just didn't. I had no like real direction. I had no plan. I had no end goal. Nothing. I mean, all the way until. Twenty nine, I think. Wow. Twenty eight, something like that. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So when you think about your military, your life prior military, post military, what are some moments? That, that I call them defining moments that you thought about that's like, man, this is maybe a transition moment that made me get to that next level and then the next level. Um, first deployment was probably the big one. I mean, it, definitely if you look at like, okay, graduating high school, graduating Marine Corps boot camp, now I'm a Marine. Okay, that's the, okay, I'm there. And then after deploying, there was definitely a moment where I was like, I've got to stop like putting myself in such the shell of being like a generally quiet guy and mm. like a back of the pack and type of just make things happen, just like I'll be around type of guy. Um, so I started to break out of my shell then with the, um, like coming back from Iraq was definitely a moment of like, I mean, excuse the language, you know, which Marine Corps, um, was this size? I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do whatever yeah. I want." Like, that's a lot of that was. Why am I so like? What, what am I doing? Like, I just I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. Who yeah. cares? You know. Um, and then, leaving the Marine Corps and then getting deployed, that was another moment where the second deployment, and it wasn't that the deployment was bad. It was super easy in 08 to 09. It was really boring, good and bad. Yeah. You know. Uh, but there's a moment of like, I'm going to start doing some shit that I want to do yeah. just cause I, I like, all right. You know, it was like, I bought my first motorcycle. Cause I was like, I've always wanted to do this. Why am I holding back? Let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, and then it was going to school and like, then it was the kinesiology and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm going to try to figure out how can I do this part of, of fitness. Um, but that was all like stepping stones and there was never anything that was really big life-changing moments along the way. Um, it was just things that kind of stacked on top of another yep. one, stacked another one, stacked another one. I don't think I had anything major happen that really made me stop and like go, whoa, what am I doing and tell my bike wreck. Mm. That was probably the first time at 27 or 28 that I really had a reality check. And that's like, not saying a lot. This yeah. is post two deployments. This is the first time I ever went, whoa, I need to get my shit together. Yeah. Um, so the same thing, buy the motorcycle, right? Uh, <laughs> motorcycles are inherently dangerous. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially the way that I treated them Before and treated time. treated myself. Yep. Uh, so I had a really bad wreck. Uh, I guess I was 27 or 28, 2010. 
Spring, spring of 2010, Valentine's Day. I had a wreck um, just by myself, being dumb, going way too fast. How fast? This is a little over 100 miles an hour. <laughs> what kind of bike? Uh, it's a Suzuki GSXR 1000. Heavily modified bike, 200 horsepower bike, nine second bike. This thing is a rocket. Uh, it is, we talk to people who are like the math on like falling out of an airplane, like skydiving. Mm. It, it is the exact same acceleration of falling out of an airplane. So the, the speed per second. Oh man. Yeah, it, that's what that acceleration feels like on that kind of bike. Um, and it's amazing. I still have the bike. Um, you still have a bike? I still have the exact same one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I rebuilt it and it's in the garage and um, still just as fast. Don't ever ride it anymore, but um, it's still there. I can't get rid of it. Uh, but that wreck uh, tumbled down the road for a couple hundred yards and um, spent the night in the emergency room. Helmet came off. Helmet came off, severe concussion. Third degree road rash all over, you know, 30% of my body, um, but didn't break a bone. Didn't, literally did not break a single thing in my body. And, uh, right. Uh, but those moments of being in the hospital and like being on the side of the road, like waiting on the ambulance. And the moments and, and like trying to like recover in the week and two weeks afterwards, seeing how I was affecting everyone around me because of my ignorance definitely put me into a mindset of like, I've got to, I've got to like do something like mm. this is, you've been, you've been fucking off too long. You're, you're not making any real progress. You're not moving forward. Uh, you got to stop this just playing you know, uh, and so that was definitely, that's when I pushed harder into kinesiology and started actually working in the industry in fitness. I never, I didn't have a fitness job ever since high school. I'd been bartending and going to school. And so then post-rec, um, rehabbed myself, got to back to moving around, um, you know, got back to moving, I couldn't, I probably took me, uh, probably took about three, four months before I could like, just like run again yeah. without pain. Cause I tore my knee up pretty bad. Um, so I went from like wheel, wheelchair to cane, uh, to walking in, um, I don't know, it was probably six weeks. And, uh, but my leg, it, it wasn't that I had anything broken, but my body was just like trashed, mm -hmm. and um, which I still feel now. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that I feel it like I'm like having pains of it. It's just my body's just never been the same, and yeah. how it like works and recovers, and like things are always just a little just not even. Uh, I got my first job doing a boot camp job out in the middle of a field with some company and some guy and started yelling at people to do hundreds of flutter kicks and the boot camp workouts and uh that's when i changed my um went harder into kinesiology went full-time student 
and um, learned once I started teaching people in fitness mm-hmm. that I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, th- I've got to figure out how to do this and do it better and do it more efficiently and, like, make a life out of fitness. Yeah. Um, so then it was just an evolution of education and time rolling over and over and over and over again to get to kind of where Prevail is now from that. The, the wreck was definitely in the moment that yeah. got to get my shit together. Yeah, so you got that wreck. And you're laying in the hospital, got probably these machine things hooked mm-hmm. up to you, and you thought to yourself, man, I'm really effing up here. Yeah. And I'm being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotta move forward. Yeah, exactly. Prevail. Yeah. What does the word prevail mean to you? Uh, prevail was, um, whenever I, so I worked for someone else, and then. Uh, I ended up getting a job at like a kind of a big globo gym type gym and I was doing personal training and teaching their boot camps. And the weird thing about those jobs is you have a boss, but you're kind of in control in control. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little bit of both those worlds of like, I, I have someone who I have to like, you know, there's someone above me, there's a boss, there's an owner, yeah. but Check in at the exact same yeah. time, you were in control of your sessions and your time and you were in control of how you wanted to affect people. Yeah. And so there's a, a, this kind of the mix and match of like, I can deal with this. I can have a boss. I can just, okay, yes, sir. All right. Do that, do that. And I was not the greatest employee, but I did a good job personal training. Um, it took a couple of years of that to figure out well, how do I take that and be my own person? How do I take that and be my own boss? And so for, I don't know, probably two years, I worked as a trainer and an instructor for the gym. And then when I I saw the limitations in working for somebody else, and I saw where I was like, all right, there's no way I could do this for 20 plus years. I can't just teach these classes and be a personal trainer. Like, I can't be here at 5 a.m. and 8 p.m. and work these 15-hour days forever. Yeah. There's no long-term with that. So then I tried to figure out, well, how do I take what I'm doing and how do I make it my own? And how do I get some ownership of it and more control of it so that I can really build it to something that's bigger than myself? And whenever I started thinking about brands and what to use... I kept thinking, um, well, I need, I want it to be one word. I want it to be super simple. I want it to be right to the point. And I don't want it to be fitnessy. I don't want it to be motivation fitness or hit this or whatever it was. I wanted it to be something that meant something by itself and then it could be applied to fitness. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have a name before Prevail? I did have a name. Whenever I did the outdoor workouts, I did those for like two months, three months, and the guy who did it ended up like skipping out of town and like taking all the money and leaving wow. and this left us there. And I was like, showed up to teach people and I was like, uh, there's no more like, it was called Go Warrior Fitness. <laughs> and uh, this guy was nuts. But... You know, I learned some lessons there for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And so then I was like, well, I had people in front of me and there was no more Go Warrior Fitness. And so I was like, well, I better become a thing. And so I was no nonsense training was the name of it then. And I tried to keep that along. But then when I was working for the gym, it didn't really make sense. And it was like kind of combative of like, I can't brand myself and be an employee. And um, I didn't like the, I don't know, I didn't like the, the no nonsense was too, I don't know. It just wasn't, it, yeah, it just was a little like, I love it. it was just so fitnessy, Yeah. yeah. you know? And yeah. I was like, ah. and so that kind of like deteriorated over time and learning from that and learning from trying to be my own thing and then working for someone else. Um, I started thinking about, well, how do I make something that's super clear to the point? One of the tattoos I had gotten in the Marine Corps um, was I'd gotten the word strength as a tattoo and I had made it as a um, ambergram. So I had a buddy of mine, we, we worked at an ambergram is something where you can read um, in two different directions. Okay. So you can read it upside down. So it's the same word. You read it this way, it's strength, and you flip it upside down, it's still strength. Nice. And um, I, when I had gotten that, that was like a, an, that was the first, and this is post-deployment, where it was, I started thinking about the word strength in more than one way. So not just physical strength, but mental strength and, uh, and looking at what strength means outside of the physical side of strength. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take that same concept and put it into something bigger. And that's when it just took me going through a dictionary of, of words around strength and um, overcome and winning and adversity and so i started looking at all those words until we kind of came around the word prevail and i'd seen there wasn't a whole lot of prevail in the industry there's one like a martial arts place and you know there wasn't anything on the trademark or on like the national side inside of like um like there wasn't any corporations or llc's with prevail Mm -hmm. and so we went into, um, we're gonna use that as the word for training. Uh, and then I bought out the boot camp program at the gym from them. Yeah. And instead of me teaching their classes, which was self limiting, I said, well, I'm gonna take your program, I'm gonna buy it from you, and now I'm gonna operate it 100% under me. Mm. And then I'm gonna sublease the space from you. Mm. So I came up with this arrangement and all these numbers, presented it to the gym, and um, everyone made more money. So when I presented it to the owners, they were like, okay, great, take it. And so that's when Prevail got created was I took over ownership, took ownership of the entire thing, yeah. and then the word prevail, strength, or fitness was what we like, aligned that transition with. Yeah. And that was the big deal with prevail was um, definition of prevail is to overcome, mm-hmm. and there's some other stuff after that. But basically, yeah. that was the, the phrase I wanted was, uh, you're from one point, you can get to the next point. As simple as possible. I like it. You go A to B, you can go A to B. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. 
I like that word a lot. I mean, to me, I resonate with it as well. It's it's a very powerful word. It's a simple word, but I think it's a very powerful word. And if you were to have three words to describe yourself, which three words would you pick? Oh, wow. That's a hard one. That is a hard one. Okay, how about this? Danielle, if you were to oh, three God, words even harder. to describe your husband, which three words would you use? Oh, man. That's so hard. Three words. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what three words they would be. Because I'm going to ask you the same question about oh, how we Oh, ask. gosh. He's Good. way better at this than I am. I, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I express I'm, my emotion and words through photography, <laughs> not through words, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a I mean, little, I little more of a wordsmith like, Yeah, he's way better. You should hear our wedding vows. <laughs> uh, leadership? Is that, like, is yeah. that a good, like... Is that what you mean by words? Like, yeah, just, it doesn't yeah. matter? Yeah, that's good. For sure, leadership. Oh, man. I think the first one for her would definitely be uh, hardworking. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say selfless for him. Mm. For sure. I like it. Man, a third one. That's so hard because there's like 10. How am I going to like narrow it? Yeah, hardworking, uh, um, genuine, passionate would probably be yeah. the three for her. That's good. Hey, I like those. <laughs> yeah. I like those. Yeah. Those are really good words because I can tell when you're speaking that you are very passionate and you're very hardworking. That's good. Yeah. I shit talker can't be one for him, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Leadership? There's there's too many. There's too many. I feel like I'm not gonna pick like the best one that describes. Oh yeah, to be it has to be the best it one. It has to be the best one. Come back to me. Okay. Well we'll get back to you, Danielle. That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After this commercial break. I just you guys need a commercial break? No. 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 Okay. No, no, I just wanted to act like we were on a TV show. <laughs> I was gonna say we can, we can cut to commercial now. <laughs> uh, that's so hard. So you you start Prevail, mm -hmm. and then you became Danielle involved mm -hmm. in Prevail mm -hmm. more full time, or are you still doing it part time? For, <laughs> for, full time for full -time. sure. Full time. Yeah, I, I initially created Prevail in 2014. Okay. 2014. We had just started kind of dating. And then. I did his first um, branding photo shoot. Smart man. In exchange which, which for dinners. <laughs> wow, okay. Maybe, yeah. I think probably gym membership. We probably did like a trade or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think it was so 2014. She was working full time at the ad agency and doing her own photography on the side, which was just basically two full time jobs. And then yeah. we dated, engaged, and I had 
prevail from 14 crazy summer of 15 bananas that's a that's a talk about another podcast man talk about another moment of going whoa wait a minute that was a man that was that was a bad 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 summer uh and then 16 we moved into the no 17 16 we got engaged yeah and 16 and and then 17 moved i got my first certification training certification okay knowing that the end goal was to get the own studio and for me to like move into training too nice then january of 17 she got her first certification yes okay i had been training for like seven years at that point yeah and then six months later we opened the gym opened the studio and and she started teaching her first class yes and uh yeah so there was a bells and bubbles so there was there was her being a student for two and a half years. Two and a half plus three years mm-hmm. in fitness before I started teaching people. Teaching people. And then okay. so the photography had been the whole time. Yeah. 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 What's bells and bubbles? Well, it was I was teaching kettlebells and then I brought champagne to all the sessions. Oh, okay. All the girls we would have a drink afterwards. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was That's fun. That's creative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Wow. So you're doing this full-time? Yes. Training. Do you still do photography? Yes. On the side? Now that's like a side hustle. Or yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, well seasonally. 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 Right now, it's like I feel both of them are full-time currently. Mm. Um, yeah. But that's normally just through like busy wedding seasons. And then fall is always nuts. Like yeah. the end of September through... Christmas basically is kind yeah. of like overload for family pictures. And right. Yeah. Right. I can't say no to anything. So here we are. Yeah. Are you both active on social media or I know both, both of y'all are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take this one from you first, Sean. How do you deal with negativity? Um, negativity from social media, social media, or just unhappy clients. Oh. Or you hear a bad review. Mm, bomb. Um, He's going to be like, we don't give that. I'm just kidding. We might. No. I, negativity. Negativity from social media, I just make fun of. It fuels his fire. Yeah, yeah I just lean into it. and just, yeah. I just troll the person. Yeah. Um, Pokes the bear. But, yeah, that's the easy side. That's easy, yeah. Um, from the business side, from the professional side, we are constantly asking for criticism Mm -hmm. all the time. Right. So when we get things that are negative, um, it's not that it's not surprising, but if we get something that's negative, we're, we're almost already kind of not too surprised if something comes up. And it's negative, and we're like, okay, we can kind of see where that was coming from. Yeah. So the number one thing, as soon as anything's negative happens at all, at first thing first is, yeah, uh, what can we learn from this? Can so evaluate. what what can we take from this information, and how can we improve for the future? 
first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing after that is the validity of it. You know, whether or not it's an emotional or an actual, like, real issue from negativity. Um, And then... Yeah, because if it's somebody that just likes to complain all the time... I mean, there's I mean, sometimes we can take a little bit of it, but... Yeah, the negativity, yeah. Um, And then the next thing after negativity is, well, how can we take that information? How can we flip it 180 to actually help the person? Mm. So what is it that's being negative? What did we slack on? What can we learn from it? And then how how can we take that information? And then how can we um, reintroduce that information to that individual to create a different solution? Why is this negativity happening? So a lot of um, exploring the negativity Mm -hmm. is, for the most part, that's how we try to approach it. That's good. That's good. What about you, Danielle? How do you deal with negativity? I don't do as well as he does because I feel like I usually take it personal a little mm-hmm. bit still, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like it's like a failure type thing yeah. when like yeah. somebody says, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't do that good, you know, yeah. like that. But yeah, it's I'm when we when we first did my bells and bubbles, probably he was like, OK, well, you have to ask like all these questions on like rating it. What can I do better? What did you not like about it? And I was like, oh. I don't want to know, you know, like I was like, I put so much into this. I don't want to know what they didn't like about it. So that was like a big growing point for me. Like the way he looks at things always like puts it into a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And now I ask that all the time. I just finished a 12 week program and I'm like, you have to give me one thing because this is how I'm going to better it for other people. So now looking at it in like a different way that it doesn't have to be like, negative if it's negative yeah like the negative can be turned mm-hmm. Ooh, i like it into something bigger yeah you 100%. know mm-hmm. like i'll show you next round. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so speaking of dealing with negativity and how can we turn it to make it better mm-hmm. on our show we've asked our watchers viewers listeners the same thing how can we make the show a little bit better for you uh-huh. how can we engage with you so what they decided to do is like hey can we send in questions? Mm. So what we've done is we've compiled oh. questions from our listeners and our viewers oh. and subscribers. Oh, I was wondering what those were. So I'll let you pick okay. one question. Oh, gosh. All right. Okay. And this is from Danielle. So your answer. Oh, shoot. Oh, well. You got to read the question because I don't know what they are. Well, then I have a question about my question before I can answer. Perfect. Do I answer this question? Yeah. Okay. Well, read it out loud. Would you rather be invisible or have x-ray vision? So x-ray vision, does that mean you can, like, see people's thoughts? Or does it mean you can see into things? See, no, technically it means see through them. See like, through, yeah. You can, like, see through a wall. But not, like, what they're thinking. Well, You've probably seen their brain and maybe let's see, that's how you want to take it. Yeah, perspective. I like it. Go ahead. Oh, that's so hard. Invisible. Sometimes with my mask, I feel like I'm invisible when I go to Target now. And I kind of like that. <laughs> but if I could see what people were thinking, I would choose x-ray vision. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Then my feelings might be hurt a lot, too. <laughs> or I would be like, oh, I just walk around like that. that. <laughs> that's, that's good. X-ray vision, that's a good one. That's hard. Those are both good. There you go, Sean. Man, those are good questions. Good questions. Random questions. I like it. Uh, 
Have you have you ever really kept a New Year's resolution? Ooh. Man. Um, I hate New Year's resolutions. He hates them. I hate the I hate the concept of capping your like starting and stopping. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and like uh, I mean, yeah. We talk. I talk about this every year. He hates like putting the motivation and the discipline off of like a New Year's thing, the like right. a start Al- date. Yeah, aligning it with like a it. time yeah. of year doesn't make any sense to me. Um, have you really ever kept a New Year's resolution? Since I don't really set that many, this is really hard. He probably hasn't. I'm assuming. Um, probably doesn't set one. I can't think of a New Year's resolution that I've written down and then actually finished. Mm. So I don't know if there's ever been one that I have kept uh, at all. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think there's ever been one that I have finished. Yeah. Ever. Uh, I don't think so. Probably I think not. If you New Year's one. resolutions are something that. Um, what I love about New Year's resolutions is um, asking people to repeat their last several years of New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. If there's repeating patterns in New Year's resolutions, we have a much bigger problem. Very good. <laughs> Very I mean, we could just end the podcast on that answer. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh... You, you answer these again? Yeah, I'll throw them you back in, back in oh, Are you going to answer one? Yeah, you have to answer one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've never had anyone really ask me to answer yeah. one, but I get, yeah, I'll, I'll take one out of the thing here. Let's see. Did you get the same one? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's one of the best compliments you've ever received? Oh, there you go. Oh, man, I... There's so many, right? Yeah, uh, I don't... <laughs> I feel like probably one of the best compliments I've ever received is uh, just being a listener. Just being able to listen to... Seems fitting. Your story, yeah. And just sitting there and not comparing my worst story versus your worst story or your best story versus my best story. Mm. It's just listening and sharing the the thoughts if they ask for it. If they don't ask for it, I just keep listening. (laughs) Right. So uh, that's a good question. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's my next question. The saying is, the hashtag, it's, it's okay to prevail. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with that? Um, I was trying to design a shirt. So, which is another thing. We, like, I always loved being creative, even though I am not great at executing creatives. <laughs> um and so when I created Prevail in 14, I was going to make our first shirt. It was going to be like a, uh, it was a transition from going from teaching to being in charge. And it was a transition for students because they were now going from Red Rock members 
paying $50 a month for this boot camp class to paying $100 a month for this training service. And so things were shifting. And so I wanted to make a shirt that was, um, I was going to give to everyone who made the transition. And it was going to be like a founding member type thing of Prevail. And so I was trying to think of um, ways to make a shirt uh, that had Prevail on it, but was like kind of clever. And so something that they would like, something that they would like to wear and they'd be excited to wear that wasn't, again, that wasn't super fitnessy. Right. And uh, along this time came out a lot of like Oklahoma yeah, this, gear. Yeah. Like a lot a of the lot of that. places and it was, had a lot you of. You know, a lot of places were really leaning into the state outline and Oki and Oklahoma and all that was like really becoming popular. Um, and so I kept trying to think of how I could incorporate that. And the image was in my head of... Um, of its, and then the state outline of Oklahoma with okay, and then to prevail. So it's okay to prevail was really initially built off of an image of a way to look at it's okay Oklahoma to prevail. So we made that shirt, and then social media was really cranking up around the same time, and there was a lot of... um, you know, the hashtag thing was becoming really a big deal. And so that turned into using that shirt as our hashtag of it's okay to prevail because now it had this weird, it had this double meaning of Oklahoma based. And then also anytime you say it, we can use it as marketing, use it as a consistent hashtag because now it's literally telling them it's okay for you to prevail. Mm. And so that's, both pieces now we use it all the time. I like it. Yeah. And then we just made, um, last summer, we made a second version of that exact same shirt. But the first one was pretty crude. Blue shirt with, at the time, the colors of the brand were blue and silver when I had okay. painted over the, changed the, the room over. A little, like, the font's a little, a little much. A little, it's gotcha. a little over the top. Uh, but. So do you sell these shirts? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do our listeners find these shirts? Here's your point. Go ahead. Man. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Um, I, th- I don't know if all the new shirts are on the website or not. Yeah, they are. Yeah. com has a store that has all of our old shirts and whatever new shirts we have. That and are the, available. Um, that are available. And we will ship them to you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's okay to prevail one. I think we're sold out of those. Yeah. I think. So we do oh, a lot of I our. The tan is okay to prevail. The tan is okay to prevail. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our apparel um, has been like, we'll do something, we'll make this shirt for this quarter, this shirt for that quarter, this shirt for that quarter. That's cool, yeah. Uh, we don't have anything that's ever been consistent the entire time. That's awesome. We've never had one shirt that's yeah. always been available. Um, which is just a little bit of playing around with. Yeah. We're getting closer to having something that's a little more constant, or that's always available. Like switch the colors every year or something. Mm. So we have a better stock of it. That's cool. Um, that's cool. But that's where it's okay to real came from. Yeah. As prevail, what do you, and both y'all can answer, or one of you can answer, what do you think in the next five to seven years prevail would regret? 
and prevail doesn't do. Mm. Uh, making itself bigger is definitely something that, and when I say bigger, I don't mean physically in the location bigger, but um, bigger in how we can affect more people um, bigger. That's definitely something that yeah. we, I mean, we've recently, obviously Rona has put a huge um, accelerator on that, right? which a lot of the industry has had that exact same accelerator button pushed yeah. of um, you better pivot and make yourself available now. Um, so we've definitely pushed, we've made hard shifts in the last six months to make Prevail bigger than a single location offering this thing. Yeah. Mm. But even outside of like the training aspect, working out of Prevail, we always talk about adventure and enjoying things and pushing yourself. And within that, we've talked about Prevail mm -hmm. as a strength collective. Ooh. And then within yeah. that, mm -hmm. I would like, we've talked mm -hmm. about making our own seasoning for like spices. We always do like big bowl dinners and we want to make bowls and like a whole different like prevail as that's a brand awesome. in general yep. that's awesome like that way bigger you know we're like yeah it's like prevail is a lifestyle for us yeah so it's almost like yeah way more thing. of a, a huge like yeah encompassing cultural kind of you know not even to like you know like some point in the next year we're probably going to go back and do rim to rim grand canyon again um but you know that's always been a big vision of ours is to be able to like is to be able to do that and take that experience for more than ourselves. You know, um, same thing with photography is taking photography outside of a family on a field to yeah. we're going to climb up a mountain with you and, and document and take pictures with you or we're going to take to these... To capture this experience for you. That's awesome. Right, well, we're going to help create this experience wow. for you because a lot of people will never put themselves in those positions to yeah. have those experiences. Yeah. We'll so that, map out the so map a, out the mountain and capture it. That's a big piece of prevail that we want to make sure we man we lean into. Keep growing. So when we do a podcast in six years, I'm going to follow up as I like, hey, so we <laughs> talked about this six years ago. Yes. Where are we now? Yeah, so yeah, do yeah. all these things. Yeah. 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 Well, you'll know it'll be true when you've hiked the Grand Canyon with us. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> You get your big bowl and your seasoning. <laughs> That's true. I like it. And I like how Prevail is pretty much, it's a lifestyle, right? It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a way of, um, of a way of approaching everything. Mm. And it's not that it's a way of, a, a, we say all the time, um, you know, in the fitness world, they say, well, you have to make it a lifestyle, Right. And you hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. And we kind of contradict that a little bit in that we don't want to make fitness your lifestyle. Right. We want to take your lifestyle and add fitness to it. Mm. We want to elevate your lifestyle. We want to create a next uh, version of your lifestyle. We don't want to replace yeah. your lifestyle with what we expect of a lifestyle to be. Right. right. That's cool. Yeah. So like that's it. you know big goal is to have prevail be the next evolution of how you treat your life. Man. 
from a movie? What what scene describes this describes Oh, I see what today. you're saying. Today, oh man, with like 2020 <laughs> COVID stuff, I feel like we're like Wilson. Kind of like <laughs> Ooh, bobbing, that's in a good one. bobbing in and out of the water randomly, you know? Like yeah. Yeah. we haven't completely lost Wilson yet, but yeah. we're kinda yeah, you know, just trying to survive. Well, based on yeah. what Marty <laughs> yeah. and I came up to prevail yeah. last week, it seemed like things were going quite well. I mean, you, had, you guys were teaching and had clients up there having a good time, smiling, working out hard. Yeah, I we were in a um, we were in a good place. Yeah, um, definitely not in a place that we want to be at all. Um, but we are. We, uh, I think the things that we've set up in the last year or so pre-Rona really put us in a good position this year to hold our ground, um, which we're we're definitely thankful of. I don't don't think that any other version of Prevail prior to this could have handled Rona as well we have right now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What has the Rona taught you guys as a couple? As a couple? Oh. I don't know. We already spend all of our time together. (laughs) But we do handle things differently during, I mean, kind of, I don't know. There's a little more, I think there's a, there's a little more, um, I know us as, as a couple, I don't think it's really changed anything. No, not. I don't. I think there's been anything that's I know a lot of other people what we especially other couples have had big shifts in their relationships because of it um, but we've been working side by side for years mm-hmm. so there really hasn't been a big change in gotcha. in our day-to-day no. much at all yeah um, just the way we deliver our business has changed but yeah. our relationship has not changed much at all no but now like looking back over the last year I feel like we had a very, like, we didn't, like, say it, but I think we had a very, like, mentality of, like, this is not going to stop us. Mm. Like, what are we going to do to make it better and to, like, keep keep moving forward? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 We didn't talk about it, but, like, when we got shut down, we just started, like, working on the gym. Like, we we worked on whatever we could work on. We completely rebuilt the studio. Yeah. We, like, demolished everything. We, like, painted stuff and, like, we're there all the time and it was, like... Yeah, okay, we, well, we'll just make it better. We, we might have worked work harder out. during the shutdown <laughs> yeah. than any, any other time. Yeah, it looks good. Thank you. Thanks. It looks really good. Thank you. It's, yeah. it's been an evolution for sure. Yeah. We we spent, the gym was a mess for four or five weeks. I mean, yeah. Trashed. Yeah. We wow. did a lot We did a lot of work during the shutdown. We did no working out. We just did. Yeah, we barely got a workout then. Barely. <laughs> But when the shutdown happened, we were like, okay, what do we do now? And then instantly it was like, all right, what, how can we change? How can we make things better Yeah. right now? We got yeah. we to gotta, we gotta be prepared. Uh, we have to for... work on this. We didn't want, when we didn't want our clients either, like our students to think that like, we were just like chilling for the eight weeks, you know? Like, I feel like that just was also like off. a very big, like, mm-hmm. like how, how do we like make this better for when they can get back in the door instead of oh, like, okay. Oh, it's just the same. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we improve even mm-hmm. though they can't be here? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's a good mindset. Mm-hmm. I like it. Since we're on a personal level, 
Danielle, what two questions do you wish people would ask but no one ever asked? Danielle. Sean, think about this because you're next. Oh, ask him first. You always ask him first. Don't ask me first. Uh, what two questions? What two questions? Oh, man. From a professional side. Oh, there we go. I think that I, I wish people would ask more questions. I just wish that people would ask more questions. <laughs> what? About you know, what? About their problems. I, that's a, I think that they're asking, the questions are either um, short-sighted or they're simple, or there's not enough of them. And I think that's a lot of the, I think that's a big problem is that it's, um, how can I fix this? Mm. And not a question of, um, how did I do this in the past? How am I doing it now? How can I change it to the future? How can I do it that it's sustainable? How is it going to affect other things around me? Um, so I think most of the times when people are asking questions, I, I wish people asked better questions. Um, and that for this is something I do all the time too uh, as I process um, I don't I don't really care that people want to ask questions about me um, for, from like who I am because um, I don't think that really matters anyways. Uh, so that's kind of, that's a very hard, I, I don't care for anyone to ask me questions about me. I want people to ask questions that are going to change them. So then I'm going to ask you a question that's going to help me become better. Okay. What is your definition of leadership? What does it mean to you? Okay. And how does it feel? Okay. <clears throat> um, leadership. I've spent more time under leadership than being a leader to this point. And the things that I think most leaders focus too much on is the fact that they are the leader. And that just because you're the leader or you're in charge doesn't um, mean that you're the best, you're, the, you're right, you're the solution, you're the, you know, all the things that most leaders think they are. Um, so I think that what being a great, a great leader is, is having the ability to put people into positions as individuals that they can excel the greatest as, as themselves and being able to organize and orchestrate, direct those people to push harder in those directions, um, not just managing people. 
I'm not managing a group. I'm not telling people what to do. Um, and I think that's something that uh, more leaders could do a better job of is looking at how can I get everything around me to be the best of all those little pieces so that the whole becomes better. Mm-hmm. I like it. And how does that make you feel? It makes me feel great when everyone around me is doing great. I like it. I like it. So, Danielle. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how do you start a culture? How do you start a culture? Uh-huh. That's good. That's good. That's a hard one. leadership by example yeah I guess you just um, do what you enjoy doing and know what would help other people and then try to get other like-minded people in with you Mm -hmm. that's the best way I'm going to describe it probably not be other like-minded individuals but it's definitely like-minded individuals definitely helps a lot with a culture is um also having an alignment to what the culture is about and branding and a culture is um you know something we use in the studio often is is one of the kind of pillars of a culture is something that they all believe in mm-hmm. at the same time so what is that thing that you all believe in that's the same and you know something that we try to create our culture in the studio and around prevail is is that you're always learning so it's one piece that one pillar of culture is that if everyone in the room understands that we're always learning then no one thinks they knows they know everything. And, and no everyone one gets like upset if they don't know something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now you have a now you've mm-hmm. created a group of like minded individuals because there isn't someone at the bottom saying, Well I'm an idiot and there's not someone at the top saying, Well I'm the best. Everyone in the room is at the same level of um, we're all trying to learn something. And it's okay that we don't know everything, but we're all in the same energy of let's all take something away from this. Yeah. And I think that goes with too, is like always having in your mind that there's no end goal or like, there's no like stopping point. Like there's never like, once I get here, I'm like accomplished and finished. Like I've made it to this point. Like there's always like something above the next thing that you can like work towards or shift or. Mm-hmm. I, do. I like it because I, I always say there's no finish line. Yeah. Right. Just maybe just checkpoints. Yeah. Checkpoints. Yeah. Check. Right. 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 That's good. Yeah. Good culture needs good icons. Mm. Um, yeah. This is. I'm just like as I'm re. I know. 
now like, I'm like, all the as, I'm like as I'm spinning this information back and just I'm processing like the last 50 books I've read <laughs> and we've 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 done a hard we've done a ton of education self-education with that's awesome man. branding and culture that's great um, but a lot of culture is um based on icons inside the culture yeah and aligning those icons i mean consistent with those icons yeah 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 and like making sure we're speaking the right way explaining things the right way and yeah, not sure. being so like i always say douchey but like jimmy douchey you know like bro -y. Yeah. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Even though I love to say protein, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you know, but yeah. Yeah. How does Danielle want to be remembered? Oh man, so deep again. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna think on all these questions for like ever now. How do I want to be remembered? Um, I want to be remembered as caring and um, I wouldn't say motivational I don't I don't but like not inspiring but I want um, what is it what, what word am I looking for like when you're like helping people like push people to like to do what they want to do that's not motivational impact Maybe, but I don't want to be the one that impacts them. I want, like, I want them to realize that they are capable than more than they think they are. So not, like, as a, like, I made an impact on their life, but maybe, like, push them to figure out their next stepping stone type of thing. I don't know. Does that That's make good. sense? That's good. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Sean? How do you remember? Uh, I, um, that crazy shit talking marine. I don't know. I big beard, the nice beard. Um, yeah, he's well groomed. I one thing that I have always, um, I I have always been like super respectful of people that I've ever met in my entire life. That I've always like the first thing I've ever thought about when I met someone is man that person's smart that's always been like a big deal to me whenever i'm around someone like man that person's smart and always trying to be around people smarter like smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter yeah. uh so selfishly looking back on everything i've done i would would love for people to look at me like that man that guy's smart about that's awesome that yeah um which is kind of which is ironic because smart people never say that they're smart <laughs> they just are. <laughs> I want people to think yeah. they're funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, when Margaret and I met you both, we we felt like we felt good energy, and we mm -hmm. felt that you are smart. You, we feel like you do. You both together push people to get better every day, and there's no limit to mm -hmm. their their greatness. They're always chasing it, right? Mm -hmm. So they're always kind of, and that's how. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the way home, I was like, man, this. It's a power couple. And I appreciate the time that you both took out of your day to yeah. come over and visit with us and do this podcast and Yeah. Yeah, I I need to sign up to go to your gym. <laughs> just and, come on down to 
That'd be, yeah. golly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're trying to change, uh, we're, we're trying to change what people think yeah. fitness is, yeah. what it has to be. Right. Um, and, and that's a, a really big goal of ours is to, yeah. is to put people into yeah. a different, not put people in a different box, but, um, I think people are very turned off by fitness and working out because there was a weird culture shift, like mm. what years ago, just like mm-hmm. all in, die, like sweat, you're on the ground, like mm-hmm. never quit, like those types of things make mm-hmm. it really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the stuff that's aligned, like all the stuff that's around motivational posts and what you see, you know, if you ever see a personal trainer in like a movie or TV show, they're always over the top, they're always douchey, they're always this... They never close on. Yeah, you know, and it's this I this idea of what a personal trainer is, it's just a cheerleader with some muscles. Um, and I really hate that. Uh, I don't even like saying I'm a personal trainer because of yeah. what the initial assumption is. The same thing as a coach, you know, a coach has been such, it's so doled down now to what an actual coach is. Um, and so that's something that we're working really, really, really hard to teach as a culture is that fitness isn't what you think it is. It's not what you see on TV. It's, it's not what you've created inside your mind. And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons that fitness is unapproachable to most people mm-hmm. is because of the version they've created inside their head of what fitness yeah. is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be that way. Yeah. You know, years and years ago that I used yeah. to be that person. Right. And I so, was like, this isn't necessary. Yeah. I can still deliver yeah. without being that person. Yeah. Well, I can honestly say what you both are doing is not generic. It's outside of the, it's forward thinking. Yes. That's how I, I, how I feel. The vibe I get when I was in there, I was like, man, it's really cool. Different from any other generic gym, obviously. This is just kind of, kind of catered cater to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. How do you want to become better? Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you mm-hmm. become successful. However, whatever your goal, like goals might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love it. You guys okay. gonna do it on Southside? Prevail Southside? <laughs> I want everywhere. I want. Every every week, she's like, "When are we opening up another one? When are we opening up another one?" We need one in the mountains. We need one by the beach. Uh-oh. You know, that way we can beach. go to all the locations. You know That's awesome. Saying? And the the name itself. Yeah. Legit. Thank you. Prevail. Yeah. Thank you. If we change Thank it you. to Prevail the Strength Collective. That's really catchy too. I like Prevail Strength. Prevail Strength Collective. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. We're designing, playing around with the the new hoodie that says um, Prevail A Strength Collective. Yeah. Because our really big T-shirt right now is Prevail OKC, which mm-hmm. I like that. But mm-hmm. if we're gonna like go now, we have online clients that are everywhere. So yeah, the way we're offering Prevail is gigantic that we've never yeah. ever done before. We've we've just started the education about educating people about how we're offering prevail differently now than yeah. before um that's gonna take a, a considerable way more work Ooh. A, yeah. a lot of yeah. work i'd subscribe to your guys workout i would and because i've done other workouts with other i'm not gonna name names but right <laughs> right but there's just 
unique mm -hmm. the way you guys are articulate mm -hmm. your workouts and your thoughts i think it's super important to be able to connect on a genuine level they're just like oh hey you know thank you for doing xyz and it doesn't sound authentic to me just like oh Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So good job, man. Thanks. I can't wait to get Prevail Southside, Prevail <laughs> Mountainside, yeah, Prevail yeah, yeah. Beachside. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Prevail Worldwide. Exactly. Exactly. Just need a little more consistency from um, the current uh, world uh, <laughs> yeah. where we can like lean back into that stuff. Consistency uh, from the world yeah, as far yeah, as. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like actually like putting out Make, physical rotation. Because making like adjustments. Right oh, now, okay, um, what, uh, New Mexico's gym shut down, Portland's gyms are shut back down, Colorado's gyms are shut back down. I mean, Colorado, so we California, can't be opening gyms if they can't be open. California gyms know? have been closed for 243 days. How Which is sad is that? Bananas. It's very sad. It's awful. Bananas. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. 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 But it's a blessing. We would have never been able to... Um, remodel the studio. Remodel the studio. We would have never been able to create the versions of, of Prevail we have stuff. now. And, yeah. you know, now we yeah. have... Currently, we have students in Alaska, Washington, one, two, Texas, three, Colorado, wow. four, Colorado. five, six states. Dang, you know? that's awesome. Yeah. And that would have not have happened otherwise. It might have happened, but it would have been the years. Yeah. We would yeah. have never pushed on it. Yeah. Texas, yeah. You both ever thought about starting your Prevail podcast together? Someone bought a bunch of equipment during the. Rona and then never executed. That was me. I couldn't figure it out. It was. I thought we were. Maybe like a mic and a stand and a little windscreen thingy and. Uh, you need help? Let me know. And. Uh, I do. I hope y'all need help. I like poured some wine and like plugged everything in and I was like, I can't hear anything. Huh? This isn't easy as I thought. And then I googled some stuff and I was like, not today. And then that was like a year ago. Yeah, we've we go we, back and forth. It, it's hard because mo we we've learned. That when it comes to people engaging with us, people love to watch us together. Yeah, interacting. And, so, you know, the visual side of it yeah. is seems yeah. to get more traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next the audio side of it for us. I would like to play around with when we have some downtime. Uh, as we had a couple of students say that they would love to watch like a day in the life. Mm. So I feel like we need to like. Do some behind the scenes stuff and that's cool. Yeah. That would be fun. It kind of goes back to your photography. Yeah. Catching yeah. the yeah, here's the end product, but what's the in between that mm -hmm. makes it new? Yeah, because mm -hmm. when we're both in the studio at the same time, we like is banter a word? Is that what I'm looking for? I mean we don't I mean, really, but kind of. We always go back and forth with yeah. stuff and stuff. there's friendly banter and there's yeah. not so friendly banter. But, you know, banter, banter. Yeah. <laughs> that might be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. If you guys ever need help with setting up your equipment, noted. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. it's good to know. It's yeah. good to know. Yeah, yeah there's fun. a bazillion things in my brain all the time. No, I understand. It's hard to turn it off sometimes. Sounds like everything you probably never turn off for you. 
because you're thinking of another bazillion things once you try to turn off a yeah. couple things. Yeah, I think that's why. Uh, I think that's why I love movies so much. It's because my brain shuts off. And I can't. <laughs> I can't sit there and watch a movie because I feel like I'm wasting time to work on stuff. So even if I'm not like working on something, I have yeah. to have something in front of me to feel like I'm like moving forward. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I like to turn turn my brain off. Yeah, he turns his brain off. Yeah, I try to, and that's by reading a book or watching a movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to turn it off. But then I'm like, oh man, yeah. there's two hours I could have been doing this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. I fought myself. It's hard. Yeah, I walk in circles a lot. That's hard, but I think it's important to um, lean into the um, lean into the cycles that are already going to happen. Yeah. Uh, You know, in the training world, there's a famous, there's a funny quote that says, "If you never take a rest day, your body will take a rest day for you." You know, and I think that from a um, mental side of it, I think it's very similar. Yeah. That um, it's impossible to to work at 100% effort all the time. Right. Uh, and there's already going to be cycles in everything we do anyways. Our bodies, the brains, the weather, the world, you know, our energy has natural cycles that are nev- inevitable. Mm. So I think that it's really important to just lean into those cycles. When you feel motivated to work, work. If you don't feel motivated to work, you know, if you're going to rest, rest. If you're going to work, work. And so that the cycles, because they're never going to go away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so for me, it's easy to go, you know what? I'm turning my brain off the next two hours because that's, that's what I know I want my brain to do. That's awesome. Good advice. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode and cut this out. And <laughs> yeah. Put this in. I might just write that out. It's good. Yeah, that's real good. Two more questions for you guys. Okay. How do people get in touch with you? Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Twitter. Facebook. Okay. Yeah, since we talked a lot, talked last time, I made two Twitter posts. <laughs> well, I saw that you followed. Finally. Yes. Yeah. Um, our Instagram is Prevail Strength and Fitness. Mm-hmm. My personal Instagram, which I post a lot of fitnessy things, is Danny D A N I underscore Prevail. Mm-hmm. You don't post a lot on your personal. Sean underscore Prevail, but it's pretty yeah. random. It's like a bunch of cheap stuff. Yeah. Nothing related to fitness at all. Uh, photography, Danny G Photography. Okay, is that a website or uh, Instagram? A website and Instagram and Facebook. Danny G Photography. Danny G Photography. Yeah. Prevail Strength and Fitness on Instagram. Prevail Strength and Fitness on Facebook. Prevail Strength and Fitness dot com is a website. Uh, Prevail Strength and Fitness on Twitter. Prevail Strength and Fitness YouTube. It's all the same. It's all, it's all the same stuff. Prevail Salad at Cafe 7 in Edmond, yeah. Oklahoma. We were on salad at a cafe down the street. The version 2.2 just came out on Friday, and that is bomb.com if you're ever <laughs> in the area. <laughs> we should just go up there and have the salad. Yeah. So you have your own salad? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the... Cafe 7. It's okay. a, yeah. yeah. It's like... On, on a board. Seasonal menu, we have Prevail Sound. It's our fourth one. Man. Yeah. I mean, if that's not the real deal, I don't know what it is. I, yeah, that's the real <laughs> deal. That's pretty cool. Yeah, once you make it onto a menu, you're yeah. chugging along. You guys are edible now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Step one. <laughs> Step one. That's it. That's wow. So funny. How about a drink? Do you guys have like a shake? A protein oh, drink? I don't a know. Protein. I don't know. You um, should make a protini. Like, I talked about making during, oh my gosh, we have to do it now. That's such a good idea. During the Rona, I got like um, some like protein powder from a supplement store that we go in all the time. And we said we were going to make like a chocolate, like uh, uh, chocolate healthy, protein. like martini. Yeah. Um, but we didn't do it. Uh, but now we need to do it and call it a protein. Well, we were going to play against, we were going to make it. Um, like kind of a joke. Uh, it was going to be like satire of like making an actual drink mm-hmm. and at the very end like sprinkling Sprinkle some protein, protein powder like it. just a dusting of it to tech to make it a protein drink but really it's just <laughs> that's pretty good you know, like, drink that's good you, you know, know like bags of peanuts now are like protein oh yeah, and yeah I'm like, yeah. it's just it's like three grams and yeah. like yeah. Whole bag. Yeah. You know, we don't. Yeah, we don't have a drink, Anyways. but um, I mean, as you saw in the studio, we have a, we have a, a full cabinet full of whiskey at the studio. Um, that's part of the brand. That's true. Uh, I, yeah, that's right. It is part of the brand. We do birthday shots at the gym. If you're there during your, on your, if you're in the studio on your birthday, we do birthday shots. Yeah, and during the Rona, we FaceTimed or went live on Facebook all of our students for their birthday and did a birthday that's shot cool. to them. That's cool. Great touch. Well done. Yeah, I mean, we had we went through a full bottle of whiskey in like. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but there was like there was there was a section of a lot of birthdays. Lot <laughs> That's of birthdays. funny. Yeah. That's Anyways, funny. Yeah. Cool. Brotini. Brotini. Yeah. Last question it. for you. Okay. Look at the camera. Mm-hmm. Danielle, do you approve this podcast? Yes, I approve this podcast. Sean. Yes. yes. Approved. Check. Stamp. Check. My name is Wallen. I definitely approved the podcast. Thank you guys so much, man. Wow, man. Thank you very much fun. for your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you so much. I didn't shake your hand at the beginning. I was like, oh. yeah. I shook your hand and I was like, uh. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www definingmomentspod.com Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam and I approve this podcast.